I'm William. And I'm Media Boys. I've changed my name. I'm going full hog, baby. But also, my previous name, it was Chris. So, Oh, the, the artist formerly known as Chris. Yeah. You the might media still boy hear... Formerly known as Chris, yeah. You might still hear people refer to me as that. They're wrong, but, you know, I was once that, so it's fine, I guess. Okay. Well, let me tell you something, folks. Uh, you know, this, you know, when was the last time I recorded? Like two weeks ago? Wow. Yeah, we got We got to pick up the pace here. There's just so much... There's so much to cover. There's so, so much to cover, and it's all leaving my mind like, uh, like dust in the wind. Okay, I like. What do you want to cover, huh? What do you think? What do you think's important that we've been not discussing? Well, what have you been doing, Chris? What have you been up to? Right. Uh. Well, folks, you guys know this already, but the folks at home don't. Uh, my PS Five is on its way. It's it's a, loaded it up in the truck. Woo! Well, they're gonna load it up yeah. in the truck and bring it to the store, and then I have to pick it up. But uh, that's exciting. It's happening. Yeah. I'm finally gonna be able to play uh, PS4 games, but in higher quality and, <laughs> and with bug a, snacks. You know, faster load time. Faster I'm load time. so excited. It's about to time play bug snacks on your PS5. Yeah, yeah come on too. over. Bring, but you gotta bring some beer and you gotta share. <laughs> okay, as long as you share the bug snacks. Beer and bug snacks sounds good to me. Beer, but, bugs, uh, and bug snacks. The three Bs. But I guess what I was what I wanted to say about that was, uh, yeah, I beat the bots. Those bots, uh, Chris, Chris won bots. Uh, you know, actually multiple, probably at least a dozen points they got because they, I've been hunting for that thing for a while. You know what? It's finally oh, in my, yeah. Well, it's gonna be in my midi little, my little dirty claws in about a week. Very nice. Your little grummy hands. My yeah. grimy ass. It's all to to all of our listeners. This is a perfect description of Chris. So keep going, William. Yeah, <laughs> his fucking grubby ass, stubbed mm-hmm. fingers. Oh yeah. Long fingernails. Don't forget the sweat, like the just the massive. So sweaty. Sweat. All right. Uh, well, hair yeah. on the top of them, hair on the inside of them. You mm-hmm. know why? Wait, you're describing my hands. Oh no. That, no, that's actually you know that's actually a very Chris kind has, description of my hands. Chris has hairy palms, and you all know why. But look, you guys are Genetics. normal-handed folks. Genetics. I want to hear from some normal-handed guys. Okay. What about what about you? What's so, what's what's so uh, what's a, what's a popping in your neighborhood, huh? In my neighborhood? You talking to me? No, I was looking at William, but you can't see me. Oh, oh, webcam. oh. But what about you, Nathan? Huh? Oh, yeah. I'll <laughs> For take the over. folks at home, I don't have time. a, I don't have a webcam. They can't see me. Yeah, I wish. I, I, I miss your beautiful face, Chris. It's like I'm hiding in the fog. Yeah, but um, recently I put out a new song on Bandcamp. I'm gonna go ahead and just like plug uh, hivecombs.bandcamp.com. Got a new song. Give it, give it a listen. Nice little ambient track. Um, otherwise, I've been working and watching movies. That's been my life. I've been just, I've been uh, doing this MIDI boys thing. Also, I've been playing Scott Pilgrim, the game. And uh, last weekend, I blew up a little bit when uh, uh, Ray, the achievement hunter, saw my name, Mark Ruffalo, my camera tag on stream on stream. And uh, thought I was the real Mark Ruffalo. So that was fun. Yeah, that was, was a good fun. time. 
Right. That is, I think that should have been top of the show mentioning that. That's a big thing. You got, yeah. Our boy William here went viral. I yeah. know. Okay. He's like st- 50,000 views or something. Yeah. Don't you're, leave our show, please. You're a star now. Yeah. Uh, Mark Ruffalo, uh, William Doyle, uh, out they're out there they're putting their name out there getting media boys uh viewed by mm-hmm. rooster teeth yeah, guys yeah, yeah. I, I got i also got number one on the uh the uh, leaderboards for scott program the day it came out so nice i love i love how the rooster teeth guy thought you were real just because you had the little green check mark emoji <laughs> that's the green yeah. <laughs> the fucking emoji uh-huh that's so good Right. So one day, I'm sure Jeremy Renner will become uh, also viral. Yeah. Or Kate Blanchett. Maybe. Or Kate Blanchett. Maybe if we all are in an Xbox party together and someone yeah. stumbles upon that. One can hope. Mm-hmm. Is there something I'm forgetting? I feel like other stuff has happened too. It's been like two weeks. We got a new, we got a new president. No president. That's oh, yeah. that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> I, that's what, good. You you brought me there because. Look, under Trump, all right, you say what you will. All this stuff happened, whatever. What really mattered was I didn't have a PS5 under Trump. <laughs> under Biden, day one. Day one. Oh day my one, God. I get a PS5. And you know what, folks? Look, I got, I have my own trepidations about this Biden fella. You know, I, he's, you know, I have my own issues. I could go on. I could write a wow. list of things I have problems with about him. But you know what? This is turning it around. All right. He's done he's done so much more for me than Trump has ever done. <laughs> that and, was um, are you saying that was like one of his executive orders? Day one Chris from Media Boys Podcast needs a PS5. Give Chris a PS5. Uh, and to that I say, Biden, please come on the show. Please. We just hey. got licensed. Hey Joey, uh, if you got yeah. time, Hey Jack, down this way. Hey Jack, Mm -hmm. hey, what's up, guys? What's up, fat? I'm gonna tell you something right now, buddy. Back in my day, uh, we didn't have we didn't have PS5s, man. You know, we had we had we'd watch rotisserie chicken rotating in the stove, spinning around. That was a good time for us, man. Man, I used to go down to the Cracker Jack factory. We'd watch that. We watched we watched the little fellas there kick balls in the and the. And hey man, the, you gotta butter your pancakes some of the time, but not not every Tuesday, or else it'll be Wednesday again. You know what I'm saying, Jack? Oh yeah. Well, listen here, fat. You know, I think if there's no other news, just there's probably some other stuff, right? Today I got I went to Goodwill. I got I got uh, this fun another movie fun time board game. You know, I like collecting fun time movie board games. This is very left field but i think it would be fun <laughs> if we made a youtube video or a, a series like a board where game we play, we play oh that'd be weird, fun well a movie movie trivia board game okay yeah yeah, I, yeah i'd I be down though i'd down to do a video like that we have to explain the rules also do like a little <laughs> overview yeah oh that could be a lot of fun like set up a camera mm-hmm. oh yeah I'm, I'm digging it i'm into it yeah big face reveal right yeah, I'll finally yeah. reveal my face to you too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know what's the point in wasting any more time? Might as well get to our three pieces of media. Of course, this is Media Boys, a show where we watch, play, listen. Three friends pick three pieces of media, and then 
we watch, play, and listen, okay? And then we talk about it. All right, that's what this podcast is if it's your first time listening, all right? And also, if it's your first time listening, what the hell were you doing the past, was it 27 episodes before this? this Yeah. Episode 28? Yeah. Three friends pick three media. Were you you blowing air at your ass all day? I know I do. I think we could be friends. (laughs) We could be friends, right? Listen with the listeners. Yeah, we could be new listeners. Best friends. Mm-hmm. Hello. Welcome. William Thanks for joining us. William will kiss you if you ever I'll kiss see, you. See you see person. And not in I'll a sexual you, way. Not in a sexual only, way. Only yeah. only if we both have been vaccinated. Perfect. Like plan. Wow. I'll kiss you. I'll take you up on it, buddy. And then, that was really and, a that was a trap, actually. I'm uh-oh. gonna I I want you to kiss me. <laughs> <laughs> I've trapped I, you. I wanna say what the movie is this week <laughs> okay i guess you could do that whatever wait sure. you don't want to talk about kissing anymore uh not till vaccines are... no. oh okay I okay fine it. talk about the last exorcism kiss oh, yes. last exorcism uh this is the, <laughs> <laughs> the exorcism exorcism is alive and well the Bible is filled with demons. If you believe in God, you have to believe in the devil. We're looking for the sweets or farm. You want to make a U-turn, and then I want you to go back where you came from. Please, go, go! Seems like the end of the road. Mr. Sweetser? How you doing? Cotton Marcus. My wife died. Two years ago. It's quite a shock for now. Were you very close? She was my best friend. Somehow the devil got in her. Now, can you hear me? Yeah. Good. Nothing to be nervous about. What is that? It's coming through my skin. Please help. Get it out of me. Let him come now. So this is the uh, the movie we I picked was the Last Exorcism. Uh, it's about a uh, a guy forgot his name, so that's good. <laughs> Off to a great start. Uh, it's about a uh, a preacher who's not really. Well, he doesn't really believe in God, but he grew up around it and is performing his last and final exorcism, and he performed a shit ton of exorcisms, and he's like, "Yeah, they're all fake. It's sleight of hand. It's magic. I'm providing a service to people." Who need it the way they need it, and that's the movie. It's his last one. It's framed as a documentary. Mm-hmm. With found footage. I believe they called the last exorcism the money shot, right? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The money shot happens towards the beginning, actually. Yeah. It's a little, it, that's it's surprising when it happens. Yeah. Time code fifteen thirty three for any uh for anybody that needs to cut right to it. <laughs> yeah. To let you know. Thank you. Or Thanks, you know, comments. You can yeah. always watch it on two times speed if you really feel like it. This film was directed Uh-oh. by Daniel Stam. Daniel Stam. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm on, sorry, I'm on Google right now, and under the film series, it doesn't say The Exorcism. It says The Exorcism. <laughs> what? The Exorcism. <laughs> they got a nice typo. Great. Thanks, anyway, Google. Uh, the last Exorcism... Uh, 
was released in 2010. Right, and, right uh, in that found footage hype era when that was like the big thing to do. When found footage, found footage was booming, baby. Do you remember that that hullabaloo? I mean, it's is this all real, man? Is this really happening? Uh, yeah, all movies are real, dumbass. Dummy. Uh, you you actually made a really good point about found footage movies, right? We me and Chris watched this together, and right before we left, you made a great point about found footage movies, where you kind of know what's going to happen because the the movie's never been released, so you kind of know they're going to die. It's I mean, yeah, it's in the title. I mean, of the genre, found footage. That suggests that whoever was filming this is dead and uh, mm-hmm. or i don't know went missing and they found it came along and found the footage and i guess yeah. edited, it, edited it together added you know titles music mm-hmm. um and in this case i feel like the last exorcism is more of like a, a mockumentary yeah type of film yeah, i, I could like i could see that because that's like the setup when something becomes found footage usually found footage would be like I don't know. Someone was like just filming randomly with their phone and making like a vlog, right? Hell, I mean, found footage would be more believable today than it was back at back then. When I mean, like, uh, twenty ten was not long ago. I mean, you could still film stuff with your phone, but like, odd, like visual quality has gone up so much, and people are constantly making vlogs. And I mean, people have cameras in their houses. But, but I mean, like the series is still, it's not as strong, but you still see them like in searching and stuff like that, where it's like a kind of a different or take. On it. Another one would be Spree, which is kind Spree, of, yeah, not really, found footage, really good, but like people are cutting together their own footage in a more, uh, you know, uh, you know, classical way than they've ever have. Right. Editing is so much faster and you could do it, you know, with streaming and everything, you do some things so much faster. So I, I, I get why found footage isn't really a thing anymore, but because uh, the bubble kind of popped, people got sick of it. Yeah, but like because, it was all in service of kind of the same thing, which was either people like a, aren't losing footage anymore. You know, <laughs> our phones <laughs> keep it all. It. Yeah, goddamn Facebook and all its found footage. No <laughs> one's right putting all their the footage on a series of VHS tapes. And leaving it in a creepy house. Yeah. But yes, <laughs> let's talk about the movie. Yeah. Uh, right off the bat, right off the bat, pa- Patrick Fabian is the main guy in this film. And if you don't know who that is, that is, uh, if you've seen Better Call Saul, he's Howard Hamlin in Better Call mm-hmm. Saul. He does the voice of Superman in the DC cartoons. He's great. Yeah. Oh, he's Superman. Yep. Superman's he's in this Superman. one, guys. Yeah. Is he Superman in those movies? I th- Unless I'm thinking of a different... Someone in this movie does the voice of Superman. He voices uh, Cyborg Superman. Cyborg Superman. So Ooh. still Superman. Still yeah. Superman. Um, anyway, so yeah, it's a, like a found footage documentary style film. Patrick Fabian plays, you know, like a, a fraudulent priest. And the first 30 minutes of the film are... Don't really don't play up the horror element as much. They're kind of yeah. just like it's like a comedy. It's all set up. Yeah, it, it is more like comedy, and that's where I think I think that's the best part of the movie 
It's, yeah, I agree. I, yeah, I do too. It's kind of a genius setup. I mean, they're playing on our own expectations. Like, like you would expect, um, you know, it's become like a, a trope of like exorcism movies where it's like the priest is losing his faith. I mean, we talked about the exorcist. We did an exorcist episode on here where we talked about, um, you know, Damien, that character, his whole thing is that he's losing his faith in God. And that's what leads him to the exorcist in some way. Um, and that was, you know, we're, we're exorcist heads. You know, we like that movie a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Boys is pro exorcist. Great film. Uh, mm-hmm. um, so they do that here, but playing on our modern expectations, you know, like obviously, you know, who believes in, you know, who yeah. in exorcism? You know, people are more cynical. Yeah. And stuff. We've seen it all. So the fact that they do a thing where it's like the guy is playing it up and using, yeah, you know, fake audio to message special people, effects, his own special stuff. effects. It's such a like interesting concept because that 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 scene is edited so well where they do the fake exorcism with the exorcism, and it's yeah. yeah and it's cut in with like oh this is how I just did the thing you just saw like all sleight of hand stuff yeah. really is a lot of fun like to watch that like I could watch a whole movie of this guy just going around performing fake exorcisms it'd probably be yeah. a good time like different ways mm-hmm. yes yeah. so we have that setup and I think that setup is great but then it kind of gets into a I don't know it, what it does with that setup isn't as interesting as I think what could have been with that setup, right? Like you could have, you could have gone in a, a much different direction. I thought, cause it sets up in the beginning as a family. I thought maybe, you know, he would, he tricks these people, does his final exorcism. You know, he's like, I'm done with this stuff, goes home. And then like, I don't know, his son is possessed. Right. Or okay. something, and then maybe he some for some reason he has to return to the previous people because like he maybe he exercised the demon and then brought it home with him and brought it home. Oh, like, could have done something like oh, that. That would be wild. That would be that would be pretty fun. Yeah, that's that's a good. That's good. They could have done something. Like that. Though it is, it's it's the lady that he does the fake exorcism on turns out to be actually possessed. Yeah, that is by the same demon twist that he says. Yeah, this is the one that possesses her. Yeah, which is wild. Which is pretty, uh, I don't know, convenient. A little <laughs> yeah, convenient. Exactly. There's, a lot of, there's a lot of these little conveniences. Well, in the movie. I thought that's what they were setting up was like, oh, she like somehow overheard. That's the demon he mentioned. So she was just faking being like, oh, yeah, that's the demon that's possessing me. And kind of further set that up. Yeah, and it kind of it kind of plays with that a little. Like she's faking. And that could have, I guess, been something maybe she's just a psycho like she's killing animals and stuff but um i you know can can you really do that can you should, they did the fake out you know they do a fake out later on in the movie mm-hmm. i guess we don't have to spoil the exact ending like what yeah. actually happens in the end but like it's a fake out you know they do the fake out in the beginning and then in the next hour at the hour mark they do another fake out where it's like oh you know she's not actually possessed Oh, is she? <gasps> and then she is. And then yeah, she, and she is. And then she is for real. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, something that was funny that uh, we were talking about was uh, how usually in found footage movies, there's no like uh, editing, like over like title cards. Like at the beginning of this movie, uh, there's like title cards for the people. It says their name and who they are. 
but this is found footage, right? So like, there, how how is there like a post production? Oh yeah, this thing and like, it's a Chris, Chris brought up like, oh yeah, we're leaving in that cat killing scene, leaving that in the movie. <laughs> like somebody somebody like edited this mm-hmm. as part of the. Yeah, you're right. And like, that's interesting because like, you know, one of the first found footage movies, Cannibal Holocaust, like that movie's about them editing the footage they found. So they find the footage and it's them editing it. And it's like the idea of like, should I be editing this? Should this happen? And I, you know, and I guess like this is just like, they don't even think about that. This is our editor. We (laughs) we did this. And like, look at Blair Witch, where it feels like we're just going through footage that was shot on a camera, right? Um, and that's also about documentarians too, because they're making a documentary and then they end up in this situation now. So yeah, that's the same thing that happens here. There are documentarians decide to follow around uh, an exorcist on his last job because he's given up on it. And it's not like he's given up on it, you know, like the same way Damien has where it's like Damien's like on the, uh, you know, he could just kill, he wants to kill himself basically. Yeah. Uh, this 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 guy he's, has a reason because done with it. He's sick of the way exorcisms, like the culture, I guess, and like the amount of people that have suffered because of exorcisms, uh, and all the children, all the children that have died. Yeah, because that that was the part that was like kind of haunting at the beginning when he talks about like, oh, I saw that like a kid died because of this, and I knew like this is wrong, and I was like, it's interesting because that's something that's happened. Yeah, that feels so. like the re- like an actual real thing. Like a real thing about exorcisms coming into this film, uh, and just all the issues they've caused, which I thought was clever. I, I liked that. Um, so you know, he ends up going to backwoods. Was it New Orleans? Bat- Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Oh no, that's where he's from. Oh okay. He's oh, from yeah. Baton Rouge. Marcus he arrives at the Louisiana farm of devout. Louis Sweetzers. It's in Louisiana. Okay. Yeah. So he doesn't travel far. They make it seem like he travels like crazy amount. Yeah, we're right next door. Come on. Yeah. I don't remember where he's from, but it, it does feel like, like a city slicker going into the south. Well, that's tr- what he tr- thinks. They're all stupid backwoods guys, and the you know the, the dad himself is a stereotype, which is like. You know, he wants old God shit happening. <laughs> Wrath of God type of stuff. Yeah. Old Testament type of deal. Yeah, Old um, Testament man. And he wants to teach, you know. None of that new shit. Yeah, uh-huh. I don't want any of that new stuff. Forgiveness, fuck that. They went a little bit too far with that update to the Bible. I'll just say that. <laughs> Bible's too... <laughs> the Bible 1 is much better than Bible 2. Believe me, okay? All right. Uh, so... Yeah, you know, so you get a bit of that, and that's all like it's it's in a comedic sense, kind of fun, right? It's pretty fun, good setup. Um, and then the rest of the movie happens, and I don't think it, it's not bad. It's it's pretty decent, I think. Yeah, it's no, like, I okay. I I, right? I like I like it up to a certain point. I I like really late in the movie. I I think it's interesting. I think it's well filmed. It's it can be tense. It, it's more. I think it's less about fear and more just like watching and looking and seeing everything going on. Cause it definitely takes him a while to be like, this is real. Like he's very against this being real for a long time. Yeah. 
it just falls into kind of a, a typical territory. I, I think the first, the first act has a lot of potential and I think that's the best part of the movie. So it's kind of disappointing that the rest of the movie is just like, yeah, I, 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 you know, none of this really is too shocking. We're falling into, you know, basic found footage territory, you know, the, uh, the, at the last scene, they add in like a static effects and those are not good. Yeah. I, that's, I was going to say, and like, uh, disrupts the whole, whole way the movie is till then. Yeah. The, the last, I think it's like 10 minutes. Um, I don't want to spoil too much. I just really don't like it. Something about that ending really just doesn't sit well with me. It just doesn't feel right. Like you said, they're static and they just like cut out a lot, but I don't understand why it was doing that. Yeah. It had no, no reason. Cause like it doesn't skip time. It just statics. Yeah. It's weird. It starts doing effects and I don't know if their budget was that big and I don't think uh, it looks. It doesn't look good. It's definitely a low budget film. Um, uh, one point eight million. One point eight million. Yeah. So you know, not. I mean, for a movie that just takes place in a house, basically. Yeah. They just all, that, all the money went to that. Those effects at the end. The <laughs> fire. Possibly. Yeah. Probably. I mean, for twenty ten, yeah. I guess. It's okay. Uh, not say you know effects are not bad then they're pretty good yeah uh but like yeah i think they're like not the, like terrible they're not like dog shit the gore i mean the most gore you get she murders a cat and that looks yeah. pretty real well like, that there looks was, there's that was the pretty gross Caleb landry jones when he has the big cut on his mouth i thought yeah. that was kind of gross yeah that was pretty good banshee yeah first pretty, class pretty good makeup in that <laughs> yeah. sense yeah I, uh, Will, William Defoe's son. Some of the contortionist stuff too, actually, like her body. Yeah, going on they, the, which the brother and Get Out. He how come? Yeah. I mean, Patrick Fabian, Cotton, the character. So much. Cotton, how stupid can you be to think that someone that's contortioning like that is not possessed by a demon? <laughs> right. Like, oh, she, you know, she's just doing that because she's stressed out because she's pregnant uh i guess i don't know i guess i was convinced that he like because he had seen so many exorcisms that he just really really didn't didn't believe in it you know what i mean like he dealt yeah. with them so much that he he'd like, seen this everything is, this is definitely fake this is yeah a mental illness and she needs to see yeah. a and like as a viewer of course yeah. we're seeing the last exorcism we know that this girl's like she has a demon that's just it's a horror movie that's what it is yeah yeah in in that scene where he like he you know he realizes oh she's not actually possessed is when is just because she says she says blowing job yeah blowing job job? Mm -hmm. um which is okay i guess but i will say she was speaking she was speaking (laughs) latin she was speaking latin But blowing uh, job. Oh, that the, the demon. The demon would know that that's wrong. He knows what that demon. He's gotten a few blowjobs. You know. <laughs> yeah. This, this this demon has been around. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's tons he's of killed, blow he's jobs. He's yeah. killing it there. Mm-hmm. So let me ask. Let me ask. Dude. Is it really that bad of a place? <laughs> then, text? What? They call. It, they say it's a bad place, but everyone's getting BJ's down there. I don't know. Right. Blowing jobs. 
Yeah, a good old blowing job. That's, a, that's sounds, what they call them. I'll, look, look, I'll say this. This is going to be my hot take on a hot, hot subject. Um, you know, maybe the devil's not such a bad guy. He does hurt the bad people, right? Yeah, true. Right, he, he puts does the bad, hurt the bad people. He he punishes bad people. So how is he a bad guy? I don't know. People maybe say a little bit too much, too many negative things about him. All right, final thoughts. Um, like last it. thoughts. The last for, thoughts for um for maybe like the first like 40, 50 minutes, and then I think the ending just kind of you know it gets weak, and I I think the last ten minutes kind of killed the experience for me. But I, it's still a movie I'd recommend somebody watch because I think it's interesting what it does in the first, like the yeah. first bit. Yeah. The setup for this movie is so, it's so good. I don't know. I recommend it. Yeah, I I think this movie, wait, is this movie really rated PG-13? I oh. can see it. <laughs> really? really? Yeah. I mean, there's not. Until a cat. There's With like the a camera. really Not gruesome like on camera. There's a lot of like blood and guts in that scene. Yeah. Wow, that got a PG three. Okay. Um, watch it with your kids. Watch it with your cats. <laughs> uh, this yeah. Wake up, little Timmy. I will Get echo. Watch it. I think I feel the same way you guys do in the sense that the setup is much better than the payoff, but I think there's still enough here to make this movie passable it's for a movie titled the last exorcism with a you know a cover that makes it look like any old exorcist ripoff i think there's you know it's it's surprisingly pretty good it's a pretty pretty decent film and uh you know you get i i say passable recommendation if you like found footage movies and you haven't seen it check it out and i like found footage movies and i did check it out <laughs> Oh, All right. You know, let's get to our uh, next little. What do we play? Piece of piece uh, o media. Um, yeah, we we played Yakuza Zero, um, published by Sega. It is the prequel to the Yakuza series. Um, came out in 2015 in Japan for the PlayStation 3 and PS4. Didn't come out into America till 2017. Um. You play as Kiryu Kazuma and Goro Majima. And it's just Yakuza stuff, you know? It's like you go, it's a mat. What the best way a lot of people put it is it's similar to GTA, but maybe with a bit more like RPG elements. There's also beat em up combat. There's also mini games. There's a ton of stuff for you to do, subplots. It's a huge game. This game's gonna take you over 100 hours to do everything um yeah that that's the explanation of this i don't want to go too deep into the story because there is a lot to it but i definitely want to talk about some of my favorite sub stories but first i'll i'll say what did you guys think of this game i am having a blast with it it's really fun to play i really like the uh the the, the combat isn't too crazy right it's just like light heavy grab yeah it's dodge. like it's it's wow. like a simple like beat 'em up type deal. Yeah, and it's that's very enjoyable. It's got different uh, different uh, stances you can do, so you get different combos and stuff. And the uh, the combat system is kind of like a like a what you'd see in like a RPG, where it's like a kind of like random encounters, I guess. But you see the enemy out there, 
And then when you get hit by the enemy, you go into a combat phase, like in like an RPG. And uh, yeah, I think that's really cool. It's fun. Yeah, kind of like Okami. If you played that, it's a fixed world, and and by that I mean, um, it's not like you're gonna be. How am I describe this? It, it's not like you're gonna be stealing cars like it's GTA or something. Like you're not, you know, you're not going. It's not like a sandbox in that sense. Um, and I'm just trying to, you know, you probably would, someone maybe hearing that this is a crime game would immediately, their brain would go to GTA. It is not, it's not like GTA. It is, I think what strikes me the most about Yakuza is how it very much feels like its own thing. Like, I don't know if there's really anything I've played that is like this game, right? No. Like you I, could say, you could say certain things like you, I mean, you could say GTA, but I don't think it is like GTA. Yeah, I right? think GTA is just kind of like the closest American thing I could say, but it's not like it. Like you said, no car stealing. You don't really kill people on the street. Well, what I like about Yakuza is it, it is very story focused, but it says it also says to you, hey, look, you can mess around. You can go play some mini games. You can go do sub stories. Um, but at the same time, it is still super story focused even when you go off you could go off on tangents sure keep doing sub story after sub story the game throws you into the sub stories it doesn't give you like a dot on the map and it's like yeah i could go over there if i want to no you'll walk down an alleyway and you end up you end up in the sub story it's Mm -hmm. almost like it's part of the main story so it's like constantly reminding you that of this of the bigger story of the things that are happening even when maybe not necessarily the most important stuff is happening, right? Because the sub-stories involve your character, be it uh, Kiryu or or Majima, um, in situations that supplement those characters. They kind of build up those characters. Uh, You know, they're not just criminals, you know? These aren't just characters that, you know, are out for their own or something. They're helping people actually and i think that makes them into like anti-heroes yeah they feel like full-fledged people like almost everybody feels like a person and i think that's really cool and for a game that is so has such a it it, the story is taken very seriously the fact that it can do these weird sub stories and like weird mini games and they feel so playful but they don't detract from like that 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 serious tone from the story uh is so well done it's like a nice like levity to like this really dark, like i guess like a very deep serious story and you get like a sub story that'll make you laugh in the middle of all that but like you said it doesn't take away from these characters if anything it adds to their characters like i think kiryu is so interesting as a character um like yeah it's like it like he's like we talked about just very serious but in the sub stories you get that nice like you get a different side of him so he's not but he's he's still the same person right like you can see his like even though he's a little more loose because he's like not on the job but like you say still act he still acts the same but it's a little looser i guess yeah exactly yeah yeah his his story um kind of goes in like a noir direction uh it is about it becomes about kind of real estate um and revolving around one specific point in the map which is an empty lot and 
I love that. You know, that that is a big theme in just noir films in general. Detective stories, things of the matter. It always involves like some shady organization or some higher ups. And um, also, of course, the mafia, you know, the Yakuza crime families. Uh, so it's, it is a, you know, it's still a densely, it's a dense story. There's a lot happening. Um, but Kiryu is a great, you know, it's a great character, great introduction. Um, but I think on the other flip of the coin, Majima has, what an amazing introduction for that character. Dude, yeah, it's so good. Yeah, I, I don't, you didn't get the chapter three, right, William? I didn't. Not yeah, yet, no. but but so the character this character Majima gets introduced and he's so good like that intro it's such a long cut scene but what it becomes it really is it's um I don't know it's like nothing I've ever seen in a game before I it's very cinematic yeah and his storyline heads in a different direction than Kiryu's Kiryu is about kind of getting out of the Yakuza and going in a different direction and trying to I guess you know solve you know he's trying to solve a mystery but also go get on his own do his own thing whereas Majima is doing the complete opposite he kind of has his own thing well not really it's not 100% his own it's not 100% his own but it seems like he's kind of you know has a good thing going he's famous people know him he has a good thing going but he's trying to get back into the Yakuza right yeah that's his whole thing okay to be clear I just oh. want to clarify. Yeah, I, that's not too much. That's not really a spoiler. I don't think that's a spoiler. That's just a basic. That's a good description. Basic outline of a story. Um, to be clear, I'm only on chapter six. I'm at the end of chapter six. I play, but I did play for about fifteen hours. I would say, and I, that gets to the point. This is a very big game. <laughs> yeah, I'm in chapter two, and I've been playing for like seven. So. Now, Nathan, you 100% in this game. You you sucked all the nectar out of this thing, right? I, oh no, I didn't 100% this one. I 100% in another one. This one, I'm work. See, I'm working on the 100%. I'm about. I think I hit about 80 hours now. Uh, I'm on my way there, um, and I'm loving every minute of it. But you I finished the story. Oh yeah, yeah. I finished the story. Yeah, and let me tell you the Majima story. Oh, it's so good really 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 good what happens there actually the whole game um and i will say what you were talking about with the curious story because you know every yakuza game takes place in the city and i do want to talk about how much i love this city it feels like a living breathing city um just like with the everything how it looks like the neon all the people walking around it's only a couple streets right it's like yeah 12 streets it's, maybe if it's even. small yeah exactly and like, like five blocks yeah, it's like very, very small. And you get to learn this. And it's like in almost all of this series. So you learn the city as you play. And you get to see it go through all the years. Because this game's set in the 80s. That's its big deal. Is it's set in the 80s. Um, and it's it's really neat. I think I've said this many times on the show. But it's a small world with a lot of detail. Um, I forget where I was going with this. But I... I... <laughs> yeah, just how uh, a world doesn't have to be super huge to be good exactly yeah right it, it just yeah. it's about the details and about uh, yeah the environment you inhabit and how it changes from day to night and i think that's how chapters usually go right they start in the day and at night yeah jenna because it's usually just set through one whole day that's kind of the idea 
I have to say something about this game. You know what it reminds me of? What? If you've ever played a anime game for the PS2, mm-hmm. like Full Metal Alchemist, or just an action anime game, it plays very similarly to this, but where this is like an open world game, those are more linear. In just terms of like the combat. Well, I like what you said the other night was like, um, this is just as much anime as I can take. Yeah, it is I think that's much really good. <laughs> you, yeah. That is a perfect description. Yeah. Because yeah. it still uh, does, I mean, like it still has some like weird, some weird perverted stuff in it. I, it does have weird perverted stuff. I, I was at the end of chapter one, which has a big showdown in like a building and like you're beating up all these people and it's like a little over the top, but not like wildly over the top. It's like you drop kick a dude out a window. That's awesome. But it's not like you launch him to the moon. It's like something right? out of like a silly action movie. Like yeah. you would get. Yeah. No, it doesn't go too far. Like it does silly things, but not to like the extreme. You also said something that was like they still talk like normal human beings. They talk like normal human beings. Yeah. Well, it's uh, even when it does silly stuff, you still take it like in a way seriously because it's it's cool. Like I I, I don't want to I don't want people to think when I say you know when we say silly we mean bad. No, that's I love thing. silly. I love silly shit. I like laughing. The end Amy- of chapter one was so fucking awesome <laughs> I, I i like every every time i got into a new room i was like this is fucking rad i like i don't really get excited about like action scenes like that yeah it, it might be yeah because it i think one thing yeah. is it takes its time setting stuff up like when yeah. i when i started this game i started it probably summertime of last year and i thought to myself i'm not going to continue with this because in the first hour, I felt like I was like, I'm not really into this as much. I I wasn't prepared for a game full of cutscenes and like a lot of dialogue, right? I wasn't prepared, and I could see someone starting it up and having that same experience. Um, but later on, I continued, and probably when I got to maybe the six hour mark, seven hour mark, I was like, this is pretty great. I'm into this now. I understand why people love this so much. I love the world. Uh, I I think these characters are great. I want to see. I'm really excited for what happens next. It is like uh, it's like watching a you know a great crime show. Yeah. Where you can yeah. do it's more unlike a movie in a in a show, you can do so much more because you have more time, right? Yeah. You can take breaks to play stuff at the arcade. You can it 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 walks this fine line of like seriousness, silliness, action, comedy, drama so well. It's it's fucking incredible. I can play this game like I play Animal Crossing, right? If I wanted to, I could just open this game and just walk around the world and just see talk to people see what weird shit they have to say play some games and you mentioned nathan sub stories and you said you had a few favorite you want to mention 
Yeah. Um, there's one where there's a punk band. Have you guys done this one? Yes, I've done this one. Where they're not really punk and you have to teach them how to be punk. It's just silly. I love it. Yeah. Um, it's all dialogue. There's no like combat or anything. No. Yeah. It's just story. Yeah. It's fun. There's um, it just adds so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this... then... Oh, go ahead. What was it? What were you going to say? Uh, I was going to say another one, but go ahead. Well, the sub stories, that's when the game gets to be playful, gets to be really playful in a storytelling way. And those die, like I said, they supplement the story and the characters because you, you like it makes it feel more um, like there's a wider range to this game. Like there's more to it than like a serious crime story. And I do really like that. I do want to say something about that, uh, that fake punk uh, side mission. It, it did something in the dialogue where like the, uh, the fake punk was the lead singer of a band was describing you and your, how you look. And every time he said something, the camera angle changed and like was showing like different sides of you. And that w- it was like f- funny without having to be like funny in words. Yeah, just through like, editing. Through editing. And I thought that was like a nice touch. Cause usually like in dialogue, like when you're just, like when you're reading a text, the camera is usually static and shows both of your people. Like in this game, the uh, like just dialogue feels like a cutscene kinda also, which is nice. Yeah, I'll, I have more to say with the sub stories, but yes, when you were hitting on the cutscenes, uh, the way they change, is uh neat actually with the way they go from very cinematic to you know just kind of like i how do i describe it how would you describe it more i'm not plain but like kind of just yeah, there's just kind of like the camera becomes more you know it becomes more still but it's changing yeah. angles in-game graphics exactly yeah, in-game graphics there you go because then we go f- we can when something really important is happening it goes to like the really cinematic cutscenes. Yeah. I, I I noticed something. I don't know if this works for everything, but um, I was reading stuff, and then like I felt like what you said when like something really important is happening, it makes you it like it's like okay, cutscene time. Could you? I haven't done it, but could you like skip the reading dialogue and it's like watch the cutscenes and like kind of understand? I'm sure you could. Kind I'm of sure. Understand. I'm sure you could piece it together because I, I think it does do that for sure. It's like this is what's important. Cutscene time. So like yeah. even if you don't like reading a whole bunch, mm-hmm. you can even like do this abridged version mm-hmm. of that. Well, I mean, if you like reading, uh, you're gonna have to play a different. If you don't like reading, you're gonna have to <laughs> yeah, play, you're different gonna play a different game. There, unless there you speak. English. Unless you speak Japan. J- Japan. Japanese. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. What? Oh no. Re- oh. You what? can repeat yourself if you want, so you can. So Did I say something up. wrong? Edit this out right Japan. now. Unless you speak Japan. <laughs> Unless you speak Japan, I guess it's. A... That's not bad. No, it's not. no. People it's say not. speak American. Yeah, whatever. I'll say Chris, it. That's, that's edit bad. that out. Disgusting. Just, I'll say it. Fine. I'll fucking say it again. <laughs> yeah. Speak American. Okay. okay. Unless you speak Japanese, uh, you know you're gonna, you know. Better. You're gonna do a lot of reading, which is perfectly fine. I, I, I don't think you should skip any of the dialogue. I think it's, you know, even if you don't speak Japanese, like or it, understand Japanese, you still have to read because they don't 
it's not fully voice acted. Right, but I don't yeah. I don't complain about subtitles. I'm not one of those I don't. guys. Yeah, I don't either. If there was an option to put in English, I would maybe test it out to hear what it sounds like. Yeah. But other than that, I don't I don't I think it's I think it makes it feel more authentic. Yeah. Yeah, I think it helps yeah, with I it too. a lot. Cuz there's there's a lot of stuff that's like I don't know if it's a lot of stuff, but in that punk mission again, bringing it back to that, um there's a there's a part where he's like say hello but in English, right? Mm-hmm. So there's like also that, and yeah. I don't feel like that would work if everyone if was, was speaking English already. Yeah. yeah. So uh, sub stories, like I said, there was one specific sub story that I got to. Yeah. Um, that just uh, <laughs> really, you know, you know, it was really off the wall. Uh, basically I came across a child and the child was like, can you, can you buy this thing from this really flashy vending machine for me? But, Oh yeah, that one. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you go to look at the flashy vending machine and it turned out to be a porn vending machine. (laughs) Uh, and first, you know, Kiryu was like, uh, I'm, there's no way I'm doing this. Um, but I'm a man of my word actually. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get it for the child just because I'm a man of my word. But there are some women nearby <laughs> and the women are looking at him and they're like, oh, what's that creep doing talking to that child? <laughs> and you're like, oh God, okay. So your, your mission, your mission if you choose to accept it is to buy porno for a child, but don't get embarrassed in the process. So you have to sneak by these women and the women are just looking like left and right. <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah, um, no, I love that one. And when they spot you, Kiryu's just like, uh-oh, I'm embarrassed now, and you have to restart. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, there's a, there's another one I really like where um, there there's a girl that's selling her panties, like her used panties to men across, like, Japan. And it's like a whole ring that... Uh, yeah, it's like a... It's, it's like, like a, a racket. Yeah, it's like a racket. Oh, fuck. And... There's actually one person in the racket that doesn't want to beat anymore, but is forced to do it. So you have to help her out. It's like its racket. own crime syndicate. Yeah, it's it so, like it. I love it. But there's also oh, like really cute um, sub stories. Like there's one where it's a crossword. Like a guy wants to propose to his like girlfriend through crossword because that's how they fell in love. And you have to work together to like make it work. Make it. It, oh, that's it's fun. Cute. It's like there's so many, there's such a nice variety in the sub stories. Yeah, like even the side characters are oddly fleshed out and you get to like them. <laughs> characters, yeah. one off characters, mm-hmm. right? But not, not only are there these one off characters, but also characters you'll just randomly come across that you have to befriend. Like you just, just continuing, continuously going to the store and buying things from the cashier and you'll become friends. And that's almost, that's like a sub story. That is, yeah. Story. It is. Um, so, and they have a lot of, there's a lot of variation and each sub story has like elements of comedy, elements of drama, uh, stuff that is not necessarily in the main story. So it like helps flesh out the game a lot more. And I like that a lot. Um, but other than the sub story, there's also the mini games. Um, I don't know how much time you spent playing mini games, William, in the, the amount of time you spent playing. Not, not much not much um it could be easy it can be easy to get caught up playing the mini games um and that will just extend your play time really right 
you're just going to end up spending all this time, I don't know, bowling or playing baseball. I mean, I could see, you could just go through the whole game without seeing any of the mini games. Some of them at least. Yeah. You could, you could run from story mission, the story mission if you wanted to, but I think that world building is what helps because like I've, I'm learning how to play Mahjong because of this game and it's, it's pretty cool. Like, yeah, it, I, when I was over at my friend buddy's house, he was playing uh, one of the uh, Yakuza's and we had to learn how to play Mahjong together. We, I know how to play Mahjong now. I know all the suits and stuff. So it, it's a learning tool as yeah. well, right? So. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you can go from doing the main story to going over to the bar, getting a drink, and singing Bakamatai on the karaoke machine, and then doing it again and again and again until you perfect it, which is uh, maybe something I did, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, and you know, even if there's a mini game you don't necessarily enjoy or like, like the fishing, I was like, I'm not really into this. Yeah, the fishing. But right. the fact that it's there, I like. I like that you can do it. I'm sure there's someone out there that loves the fishing in Yakuza. I guess there's there's a lot to talk about, and we, I think we've talked about a lot. But I think final thoughts on Yakuza Zero. Play it. It's on Game Pass if you have that. So, well, let me ask you: you don't, but you don't like anime. Guess what? You'll still probably like this game. Yeah, it's yeah, it's good. If you like anime, you'll probably like it. So it's it's got what you want from a game. If you're looking for a story-driven game, there's oh, there's story. There's two kinds of people in this world: people who like anime, people who don't like anime. You'll. Hey, so you'll like Yakuza. <laughs> Either way. Wise Either words, way. wise words. Uh, yeah, so if you like story, boom, you got story. Oh, you like just d- d- dicking around. You got that here too. Okay. You do, sure do. And uh, don't let the first few hours turn you off because, you know, it's it's not saying it's bad, but I'm saying that it's a lot of cutscenes. And anytime I play a game where it starts off with a lot of cutscenes, I can be like, okay. I, I would like to get to the action now, please. Yeah, can I it play my just, game now, please? It is just because I am impatient, but it is worth it. I, um, it is worth it, and I, I just want to say, try the game. I loved it. I was very worried, but um, I really enjoyed it. And I think I'd love this game to become more popular in America because I want, I want more Yakuza here. I want it here as fast as possible because like, this game took like two years to get here. I think lately it's been having a big... This, this game in America. This game was like kind of part of like where it really boosted. It came out on PS4. It's huge on Steam. Like all all these Yakuza games coming out, and now three, four, and five are coming out on Xbox and PC. Reminds That's me really of Monster Hunter. I remember I always yeah. used to have to wait for the Monster Hunter games to come out in mm-hmm. America. And now Monster Hunter or, is just here. Or they just wouldn't come out, and uh, you know. Yeah. See, because Yakuza has like a samurai series that isn't here that I would love to play one day. Yeah, and I see, you know, I see a lot of memes from Yakuza too. So that's a sign that it's made an impact here. Uh, Bakamatai, specifically, that song has become a big meme. It's huge, yeah. It's a big meme. So it's making an impact. All right. Let's get to our next thingy. Our listen. Now, I picked I pick the listen this, this whole week. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I picked uh, Force Witness. Forced Witness. Uh, to be specific, uh, by Alex Cameron. I'm a man, I'm a 
it is a uh, 10 songs, 41 minute long album uh, by Alex Cameron, an Australian musician. Um, I guess the way I would describe it is it is story songs from a person, first person perspective um, with uh, definitely a heavy 80s influence. A lot of layered songs with very smooth instrumentation. Oh, you want sax. Oh, piano. Oh, it sounds so good. Oh, but not only that, with this, this lush kind of just so catch, catchy instrumental, nice very on the catchy. ears, very nice on the ears. I'll say that. But along with that, you have this these stories about just slime ball men. Nasty, yeah. <laughs> Nasty men. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. fucking disgusting. Yeah, because let me tell you, my first listen, except like there's a few songs that you could listen to and just totally not think about it and be like, oh, this is really nice 80s ballad. And not um, even notice about but the lyrics. There's, there's definitely some songs where the lyrics really pop out at you and it's like, oh my God. The, the last four songs. yeah. Um, or are uh, kind of rough to sit through, in my they, opinion. They will catch you off guard. Is, the, is Stud Muffin 96 the song where he talks about pussy the whole time? No. No? That's okay. the Chihuahua. Oh, yeah, the Chihuahua. I, I, Stud Muffin was right before. And then that. every song after that. Well, I mean, yeah. that's not the only... Yeah, that's... I mean, look, the Chihuahua's yeah. not the only one where he sings about it. <laughs> he sings, he sings about it a lot. And... It, it, the word pussy, <laughs> the amount it's said in this album. It's, it's, I'm usually not one to get like, like what you said the other day, Nathan. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not usually one to get like put off by words, <laughs> yeah. but he says it so many times. <laughs> it's just like, it's, it's yeah. like, oh shit. I get it, buddy. <laughs> right. But it's funny. Like the first time I listened to it, I laughed. I think, uh, I think I think lyrically it does a good job of making you laugh. Yeah, think, that's that's one thing. It's yeah. uh, despite being songs like sung from the perspectives of very uh, very gross people, it is very funny too. Uh, there is a lyric will always catch me off guard, and and just I'll be laughing. Um, uh, so yeah, he sings about I guess for lack of a better term, toxic masculinity. From the perspective, from like, it sounds like he's singing from his own perspective, but he's very much taking the role of like these characters that he made up because his first album is all from the perspective of like a failed entertainer, like just this old guy who thinks he deserves, you know, the world because he once had a show that was popular. So it's like he, he, you know, he's singing from his like privileged point of view. Like he deserves all this stuff, but the world has passed him by. And originally this album was supposed to be a prequel to that where the guy like goes home and like, it's just like this, like uh, maybe uh, vivacious would be a term, very horny scumbag. But then it became something else where, where it's like, I feel like each song here is from the perspective of a different character. Almost. I think so. And I think it like shows like even an instrumentation because it's almost like each song is a parody of a different 80s artist. Like some songs sound like Bruce Springsteen. Some sound like like a Brian Adams type ballad. It's um, it definitely changes a lot, but it, it definitely keeps that consistent 80s sound. But I do think each song is like something like different. 
different enough to where it's like okay this is a different person singing you know like a different characteristic yeah he so he like the 80s influence i think is not only in the instrumentation but in the lyrics because like it is it's almost like he's parody yeah parodying old hits from like the 70s and 80s um like for example i was listening to a playlist today on spotify and my sharona played and that song is about a guy trying to have sex with younger women really (laughs) i mean like you know uh, it starts with "Ooh, my little pretty one my pretty one when you gonna give me some time sharona i'm guessing Sharona sharona might be a younger woman i mean there's plenty of look listen to the lyrics of a lot of old 80s songs it's basically about some guy being a creep but yeah, yeah, watching the way they know, portray it, the way they portray in that song is kind of maybe not fully aware. Yeah, this is like if a worse lyricist made that song, it wasn't as hit. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't say. Yeah. Like, well, well, okay. <laughs> well, you know, you know what I mean. It's just like <laughs> more explicit. Yeah, more upfront. Yeah, about that's it. that's the thing about it. It's kind of transgressive in that sense. It it is very. Um, it's like you know he wants the listener to be grossed out by the scumbag you know in those songs they're trying to at the time they sounded cool right like this is a cool guy out you know he's being a guy he's being a guy's guy being a guy and that's, i think that's what alex cameron really wants to get across is that like guys guys kind of a gross concept <laughs> just nasty and I feel like lyrically, he's definitely self-aware, right? Because like, I don't think a scumbag would would a scumbag actually write this? Like, it's yeah. too. <laughs> it is. I don't know. They would. What? It's too gross. Well, like I. Yeah, because a scumbag would try to keep it hidden, right? That they're well, yeah, like a piece he, of garbage. Throughout yeah. the music, throughout the songs, there will be a random moment of self-awareness, and the point he's trying to make is like he's self-aware for a second, and then in the next second he's like uh never mind like Mar- that song marlon brando is actually that's like the main point of that song is yeah that, this, that song this guy's trying to sleep with another guy's girlfriend and he's kind of like eh, well is this worth it am i like am i a good person and then in the end he's like i'm like marlon brando baby he was a big star baby that's the one where he, he, t- he tells the girl to tell the other guy something like yes yeah that's the song where he's um well it, it goes he called me that and I, tell him uh, tell, that he's you, actually you that tell him that if he called yeah. me that again like instead of like him I'll, saying it to him yeah he's using this girl that they're I, trying to get with and i tell. think chris brought that up really well it's it's definitely like a play on toxic masculinity like the whole like yeah you you tell him that I'm mad at him, you know, like yeah. this weird, like, instead of telling him yourself. Yeah. Or he's yeah. actually a little bitch, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I, on his next album, Miami memory, he kind of, he does, he's not in character there, uh, but he talks it, that becomes like a third person storytelling where he's, he's singing about awful people. Oh, really? And I, I get why he did that. Right, he still wanted to make songs like "Off of Force Witness," but in the, I get in the current climate, it can be difficult to make something like "Force Witness," and you know, people think this guy's a scumbag, probably alt-right piece of shit. Right? Yeah, he he made it at like, and this album's from 2017, and I think I was talking about it like 2017. I think that's interesting. Some of the stuff he says, even then, I was like, wow, I can't believe this like came out. It feels yeah. like much earlier. 
Um, he says some fucking rough shit. He probably yeah. look, you know, subtlety died uh, when Trump became president, of course, and he probably started working on this before Trump was president. But yeah, he he definitely. I mean, look, like he's making fun of those guys. Uh, I would definitely recommend listening to Miami Memory, where he kind of talks about how he writes. Like he kind of talks about, you know, being. I guess his his girlfriend told him, write what write what you feel. Don't worry about how people perceive it. You know, write the characters. You know, write what they would say. And yeah, it's messed up stuff. But that's what you're trying to get across. Yeah, I mean, it's like any like you know piece of literature or anything like you have a character and then if it has something to say it has something to say yeah and um i don't know if it makes it more accessible it probably makes it more accessible the fact that it's also very lush pop music right Is it, yeah yeah inspired pop music yeah no like the the <laughs> the 80s like the sensibility because we're talking about he's saying horrible things but these songs are like they they hit they're really good <laughs> they sound really nice they sound like 80s hits like he's written 80s hits yeah if, if you're like if this popped on the radio it wouldn't but if this popped on the radio and you're not really paying attention just driving you wouldn't blink an eye you wouldn't you wouldn't it, it just sounds like well most of the songs yeah there's there's first some... first half yeah because i first think half the album me and you talked about how like kind of like i think it loses itself a little at the end maybe could have been cut a little shorter i would have been okay with um there's one song the hacienda which is just a straight out parody of hotel california right is that like what they're going for (laughs) or he's going for yeah Yeah. and yeah it's um i don't know that song was the one song that i was just like i don't know about this one like a getaway for just people that want to cheat on their wives like exactly guys um sorry uh one second i lost my google page god damn it while he's finding the google page how's your day name how's your day listener well i'm back yeah Uh, oh i found the google page (laughs) they don't the listener doesn't have time to say how their day's been going uh just be quiet the boys are talking run through the songs a little bit I'll just run through it a little quick. Just talk about like emphasize the themes. Every song? And, no, I'm not. Not every song. I'll highlight a few. Maybe my and favorites. Candy May. Well, Candy May starter song. That so, is about. That's about a guy who's in a, an abusive relationship, but he keeps coming back. Right. I like running it's, out of luck. I was gonna say running out of luck is my favorite song. Yeah, uh, I think it's. Too. I think it's really good. That's definitely like the most like '80s ballad. It sounds. Have you guys ever listened to War on Drugs? um no, sounds very sim sounds very similar to them it's kind of like yeah. except a bit more poppy right and that's another thing instance yeah uh it is a ballad song yeah uh that's the one with angel olsen oh uh, no that's stranger's kiss has yeah, stranger's olsen. kiss i should know which that. is good which is a great song i should know that well yeah running out of luck that one's kind of about um uh well you know, some of them, some of them are not as uh, straightforward. <laughs> some, some of them are a little, a little more abstract. Some are much more straightforward. And a, a good example of a song that is much more straightforward is "True Lies." I love that song, and that song is about a guy who gets his kicks messaging women online 
Yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah. And there's one particular person he loves emails that sends him pictures of her beautiful eyes. Yeah, her but beautiful he's like, eyes. He's like, I love the, the rhyme, uh, beautiful eyes, even if it's, you know, just some Nigerian guy. <laughs> yeah, does he like send, doesn't he like send her a bunch of money? And stuff. Yes, yes, he doesn't care if it's a lie, he just doesn't mm-hmm. care. He, that's what you know, that's the only feeling he has is doing that. And I mean, th- it ex- definitely explores that theme of uh, just cheating, you know, cheating and also internet porn or messaging women online on the internet. And like, there's one song in particular where the like the character is basically a pedophile saying that he can only, you know, get off if it's, you know, a, a barely legal teen. He's like waiting what for a that? girl. He's waiting for a girl that- to become 17. I think that's Stud Muffin, right? Stud Muffin. Is it Stud Muffin? I believe so. That's another great song. Uh, yeah. And I, I would I would disagree. You, you said to cut the final song. I, Politics of Love, I think, is a, a fantastic song. No, not the final song. I mean, like, just oh, like yeah. that final four. Final like, stretch? Somewhere yeah, in okay. there. Like, the, I guess, yeah, Hacienda, you could possibly cut. Mm-hmm. But a little, maybe cut it. Maybe Chihuahua, so, Hacienda. Sure, sure. The thing I'll is, offer that. I complained about Chihuahua saying pussy so much, but the, the chorus on that is really good. He's like, okay. it's really good. I don't know what it is, but I hear it and I'm like, okay, uh, you know, I, I jam with it a little. Um, it's just like there's little glimmers of like good, like Marlon Brando, which we talked about, where he says, I feel like Marlon Brando circa 1999, which was like he he died like a few years later. This is like old man Marlon Brando. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that's so silly. <laughs> that's yeah, that's the irony of that's the that is such a funny yeah. line. Holy I shit! I love that because he's singing about a big fat guy who yeah. became reclusive. It was like <laughs> See, that's the thing. Like, I, I feel like there are songs I can complain about, but there's like these little hints of great, <laughs> yeah. this funny. No, lyrics. there's there's some brilliant, brilliant uh, jokes on this whole album. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, but uh, I, I guess to finish it off, I I'll say this was probably my favorite album. What? Well, well, it's one of my favorite albums, but you know, of 2017, I think it was my favorite album. I've I've just listened to it so many times and Alex Cameron has become one of my favorite musicians and I, his other albums, I really like a lot. I think they're also pretty great. Um, Definitely like jumping the shark. That is a lot more minimal and maybe it feels like he made it in his bedroom, but there's still some great storytelling. That's his first album, right? Yeah. There's some great storytelling there. And I think he gets even darker on that one. I think a great album, definitely worth checking out uh, pr- on the production scale, lyrical scale, and just like listening. It's a great listening experience. And it's one of those albums that went under the radar a little bit when it came out. And um, luckily I checked it out. Actually, it was, it was uh, Anthony Fantano that was talking about like underrated albums of that year. And he mentioned that. And I was just like, uh, like just randomly, like I'll pick that and listen to it. And it turned out to be one of my favorites. So that paid off. What about you guys? 
yeah, I mean, I, I, I came out it, I came out of it really enjoying it. I, I think it's a really like funny experience. I think it's like lyrically funny, but also like sounds really nice if you like '80s music. It's good. I'd recommend this album, but of course, with the warning, like the lyrics are a little wacky. But I, I think it's a worthwhile experience. I, I'm glad you recommended it, Chris. Um, I'm definitely going to check out Alex Cameron's other work. Yeah, it was all right. Uh, I th- I already said this. The I don't know. I I liked it at the beginning. I was like, oh, this is funny. This is you know, sounds nice, but it's not nice. And then you get a few songs in. It's like okay, sounds nice, not not nice. And like, I guess other than like some lines, the overarching joke is kind of the same, right? Or like it's kind of like catchy '80s pop, but like they're, they're scumbags. I don't know. I like the first half of the album, and then it gets it gets rough because it kind of loses that that like it can be overlooked if you're not really paying attention. With more of the uh, like really on the nose with the yeah with some more of the uh, harsher lyrics. So yeah. I guess that's, that's, that's it, folks. Now, I guess best in show. You, you know, this time around, let's do something a little different for best in show. I want you to say your pick and why. Usually we just say it. Our pick I think and why. Your pick and why. What's your pick and why, huh? Yakuza. Yeah. Okay, okay. why? Well, why, oh. mother, mother oh, why? effer? Because it's very fun, and I would like to revisit it. I do not want to revisit the album or the movie anytime soon. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I would. I would so, take Yeah. Well, why don't you want to revisit, huh? You want to go through the whole uh, whole uh, podcast again, recite every opinion you had, buddy? Because I feel like, uh, well, I guess it doesn't count because I haven't. I've finished the other two. I haven't finished Yakuza, so I'm not really revisiting it. I'm actually finishing it. But um, yeah, I think Yakuza was a more enjoyable time for the time I spent on it. All right, that's you did it. You you explained it. Well, look, I'll uh, you know I was between the album and the game just because the album. Obviously, I love the album, but and you know I, I'm enjoying the game a lot. But I haven't finished the game, so I was like, eh, if I pick the game. Would I be actually, uh, you know? What if the ending absolutely fucking sucks, right? What if it fucking bombs so hard? Uh, 80 hours in, I played this game for 500 hours. Negative review. But, yeah, you know, 500 hours in, it's bad. Stinky. <laughs> I think I'll go with, I'll go with the game, <laughs> just because. Um, from what I've played so far, it's been a pretty great experience that has hit uh, on a lot of different um, things that I like from something, right? It is, feels like a full-fledged experience. And um, I guess the album is it's coming on hot, right? Coming up right behind it. But I'll, I will pick Yakuza just because for a game that I've already spent 15 hours in, I still, I want to put 15 more hours into it, right? Yeah. I want to keep playing it until it's finished. So your hands fall off. Yeah. Your fuzzy ass hands. 
Yeah, those I nasty, just... sweaty, fuzzy hands, stubby. My perfectly normal oh, hands. Now, what <laughs> but, about you, Nathan? Well, you know, Yakuza Zero. It's it. Yeah. Um, I put so many hours into it, and I'm still putting hours into it, you know, after beating it. So it's just something I really want. Now, I do appreciate that I, I the other media, but um, something about Yakuza, when I first played that, it kind of changed my perspective. It introduced a lot of things to me. Like it made me want to watch more Japanese movies, you know, look into more Japanese games. Um, so I really appreciate it for that. Right. Yeah, it is, a, it is something special mm-hmm. for sure. Also, like I'm kind of, I feel like I'm kind of biased towards video games. Well, well you, I don't know. You got a Me- bias there, buddy? not. Media is hard. Media comparing is media, like comparing music, so movies, different. and video games. Yeah. Different right? Because video games, you spend, like, I spent 80 hours on Yakuza. That's 80 hours of your life spent on a game. Like, I, compared to a movie, which is like two hours. Right. Not, I feel like we haven't said this too much recently, but uh, the whole thing of what media is the best is a joke. And uh, it's, you know, it's impossible to com- really compare these things. To yeah. Each other. And when we say we're consuming media, that's a joke too. Yes. Oh, yeah. Because like people always say consuming, you know, as a negative thing, and it's. But wouldn't it be funny to say, "Oh, yeah, today I consumed uh, uh, a Tur- Tarkovsky film." Stalker. Yeah, I was just, I was just binging some of the Last Exorcism. Yeah, watched just all, watched all, all of it. Watched the commentary. Watched, watched it all with... of it in one sitting. It passed right <laughs> one through sitting. me. It passed right through me like a binge. Oh, like a bad Taco Bell combo day. meal. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, I'm not. I'm not putting on Barry Lyndon, and it's passing through me like a solid turd. That, You're telling or like me air that's passing through me, right? You don't do a Kubrick's binge. You sit back, The Shining, Barry Lyndon, 2001, just yeah. binge it all well, day. Actually, that's, you know. Oh yeah. When uh-huh. I saw, well, actually, I'd never seen a Kubrick film before Ready Player One, and when I saw Ready Player One, I was like, I should go home and, just <laughs> and watch binge watch this guy's filmography. Uh-huh. But they were boring. They were stupid. What the hell? I watched 2001 on 2000 times speed. It was about one second long, actually. Oh I'm my a, god! Look, I, I can't believe is it, there's a whole scene in that damn movie set in the Shining universe, right? Yeah, 2001. Yeah, he does there a crossover. Yes, there is. It's, the Shining. Okay. It's embarrassing. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. embarrassing and awful. <laughs> you like you like Kubrick? Ew. 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 It's uh, even though. Uh, Never mind. It, it, I mean, that movie is basically unironically doing like the the consume thing, but yeah, with, pretty much with the Shining, where it's, it's like, like, oh, the look, Tomb Raiders in in Shining World, right? <laughs> well, that didn't happen. <laughs> I'm just saying, like Tomb Raiders in the is, background. Oh, Tomb Raiders there. It is equating. Yeah. It's equating to the work of Kubrick to like an Avatar image. Like you have like. You know, it's it's equating. It's like the, on the same level in, in Ready Player One, right? An Xbox Live avatar, right? An image, an image, a shallow image that a guy online avatar. Yeah, but, you know the little cat girl Xbox Live image that shows that up one. in the background for two seconds. It's really great, <laughs> but dude, it's so epic. does the soccer ball. Yeah, the little <laughs> yeah. You know that game Hexic? 
fucking just the little the monkey, octagon. The, the monkey. monkey. Yeah. yeah. That shows up. Thank you, Spielberg. <laughs> Big you Xbox know, head. When you think about it. Block. When you think about it, the shining <laughs> is just like a series of it's just a series of reaction gifts at the end of the day. Oh fuck. Should we do a, a Spielberg uh episode? Oh, that would be fun. Or we do like boom blocks. Boom blocks. One of his movies. He's probably done. So, we could probably do a movie soundtrack or something, right? I had an idea. Fun. I had an idea for James Bond thing, like That'd a James cool. Bond month. And th- the way we would do it is, um, one episode would be two movies. The next episode, two games. Two movies, two games. I don't think there's an. But we could do like a mini album episode about something new. What? What do we do? The. Uh... Goldeneye mm-hmm. remake, yeah, like a Bond month because there's so Whoa. many James Bond games and so many James Bond movies. That we what if you played Goldeneye and the Goldeneye remake? Yeah, like, that'd go. be really good. Yeah, and then we could do like some more obscure James Bond games. Like I really yeah. liked Nightfire as a kid. Uh, really I've always wanted to play from, from Russia with Love that game. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. And we can throw in just like a new album review in the middle, just to kind of yeah. keep that going. Yeah, yeah that's could, good. Yeah, that's that's an idea I had uh, today. Yeah. Like a Bond month. Mm-hmm. I think that would be fun. Well, and I if we wanted to... we should do marathons now. Uh, like maybe two movies, two games, and like an album or something. Yeah. Yeah. I think I came up with the idea because at Good, I was at Goodwill today, and somebody just gave away four sets of James Bond movies. So it was like... Holy crap. It was like four volumes, four movies each on you pick DVD. Them up? No, that was $10 each. That's oh. expensive. That's expensive for, for goodwill. Good no, for goodwill. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I did get yeah. I did find Skyfall on Blu-ray and I bought that for two bucks. Uh, hey, Skyfall's really good. It was Sky at the cashier. Fall. It was at the you know how they have the DVD crates we right next do, to the cashier. Yeah. We could do what's her fucking name? Oh Adele. Adele. Yeah, we, we could Adele. just do Adele. Adele. Yeah. Correct. I actually you know what? James, I mean every fucking movie Wait. has a song. Yeah, we could just do <laughs> we could just listen to the James Bond themes. Oh, we're Ugh. fucking dummies, huh? We're stupid. What? Well, no, we, we could, came across it eventually. We could do the best James Bond theme, and I'm not going to spoil it right here. So, is, is it Goldfinger? No, not oh. Goldfinger. Oh, okay, Octopussy. The newest one, the Billie Eilish one. This shit's uh, so good. You think that's oh, the best it? one? Wow. It is. I think so. It's it's good. We could save that. You know, let's. Why don't we do Bond Month? That'd be fun. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all probably going to be cut out because this is this is like side media voice talk, deciding what we're going to do next, right? Okay. Um, Thanks well, for listening. Yeah, thank you guys. Um, please, please send more mail if um, you said something you heard something you didn't agree with. Send an email. We'd love we'd love to hear it for real. Yeah, um, you can also find me on the street and beat me up if you re- if that's how you get your kicks. Yeah, um, you can beat all of us up email us about um what we talking about james bond over there now you can't cut it out chris mm-hmm. we talked about james bond oh we still gonna cut it out oh, <laughs> well i guess on the next episode we'll be talking about uh a little 2020 recap all our favorite stuff from 2020 are a little lists we'll be going through it a little bit which means i gotta watch some more 2020 stuff oh my god what do you have to say, William? Huh? Oh, no. Maybe you still can't cut it out. <laughs> it's 
<laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You have permission now. Thank, you're talking about a thing that already happened. <laughs> or didn't happen. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows how well you can edit out the voices? <laughs> yeah, let's let's test little Chrissy's editing skills. Editing, editing chops. Fucking. Did yeah. we or did we not talk about James Bond? Find out. Next episode. This find episode. out a few minutes You've ago. Already, yeah, find out a few minutes ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Or don't. Right. I guess th- that's it. Yeah, bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Email us at mediaboys at gmail.com. Like and subscribe that, I think. to the YouTube channel. YouTube Media Boys channel. Mediaboys right. underscore pod on damn Twitter. Have a great life. See, see you next it. week. We'll see you next episode. Bye. <laughs>